0: The good people of Trenton deserve way better
1: representation Four members of the council are breaking the law, that's our daily situation
0: We don't need these people
1: at the top who are only out for themselves If the people of Trenton won't act now, our town will be a living hell Let's focus only on the positives here at Trenton Waves.
2: Can we ask you all to describe your dream city
1: today? My dream Trenton would be without Kathy McBride and Robin Vaughn. Without Santiago Rodriguez and Sonia Wilkins, that's for sure. We won't let them ever defeat us Trenton Waves with Frank and Christina.
2: It's the official, unofficial podcast of the city of Trenton, New Jersey yeah. With your host, Frank Ferocious Sasso Trenton still makes
3: and the world still takes And Christina Firestarter Sasso Trenton is Mayberry with attitude Hang tight,
2: because we're going to meet the lifeblood behind the culture Food, arts, music, pork roll, punk rock, hair, butts, education,
3: talent, events,
2: Of Trenton, New Jersey Here's Frank and Christina Coming in again
3: Yes, here we are again. This is like, I feel like this is all we're ever doing. Well, it's important and it's it's imminent.
2: It's important and imminent. What is it? Imminent? Imminent. Meaning it's coming up soon. It's been a long day.
3: It's October and we have less than a month till Election Day. November 8th. Yes. Good Lord. Yes.
2: She's a former West Ward Councilwoman of the City of Trenton, Jersey. Miss. Badass. That's right. I said it. it. That's right. I said it. I've been with this woman too long today. It's so true. It is true. (laughs) Annette Latigue. She's back with us. She's going to teach us some more stuff about counsel that you may have or may not have already known. But I'll tell you what we've already learned, Annette. Yes. And this is like, I'm being serious. We've learned so far in doing these Canada shows. Since the 20 years we're here in Trenton, never yes. knew any of that stuff. The power of the clerk. Yes. Like the actual power that the clerk actually has. Right. I
3: never knew he had any kind of power. I thought he I, just t- filed the yeah, papers. the paper,
2: papers. That's what a clerk <laughs> does. That's what and I And he thought. was an advisor.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. Well, in fact, yes. yes. Right. But I just they thought he was advisors. like a clerk. Like he took a paper and he put it in a <laughs> yeah. file cabinet. It's yeah. like black the
2: ribbons <laughs> around his elbows <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a visor.
3: <laughs> and a visor. What clerks do more than that. Yes. Well, we, we know, know that now. that's whole point, that now. Thank you. Thank you, Annette. Eh.
2: Zero-based budgeting, Mm -hmm. didn't know anything about that? About uh, how all spending goes directly through the council? Yes. How all meetings should take place at City Hall, like Mm -hmm. developers and contractors and stuff? With the
3: appropriate people, right. And just
2: recently that council members should be familiar with public contract law.
3: Yes. I didn't know what
2: the heck that was. And now we do. they have to be familiar with it. Now we do. So what's
3: up for today?
2: We got Jazzy Edwards today. She's running for at-large council.
3: I know. That means all... Awards.
2: All awards. But the first thing I want to hear about is another nugget from Annette Latique. Go ahead, Nugget specialist. Specialist. (laughs) I can't speak today. What's going on?
1: It's getting late.
2: Specialist. Christina, you let him in. I know. Again I have a key.
0: And the combination.
2: <laughs> and the combination. That's right. With a key and a combination.
0: And so here's what I want New Pod City Land to know. No,
2: no, 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 no. <laughs> New Pod City. Podcastia. That's the name of our listeners. They live in a, a town called Podcastia.
0: I'd like Podcastia to know that city council members often pull the executive meeting out of their pocket when they feel like it. The only time that should ever happen during a meeting, is if an emergency is happening. Really? Because city council has the authority to notice the public and host an executive session to clear up any business they have without the need to interrupt a
3: public meeting unless it's an emergency. Wow. They should not be having executive council meetings unless it's an emergency because the public is not part of that meeting.
0: No. No. Oh. During a public meeting, mm-hmm. there's no need, unless it's an emergency, oh. to pull an executive, to pull oh, the council off the podium into an executive meeting. Quick, quick, quick. we got to have a... Because qu- yeah, okay. they have the information, the docket, mm-hmm. prior to anybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. They have a chance to review it. And if there's a need for an executive session, they can host that with public notice at any time. They don't need to interrupt. A public meeting oh, to do it. Okay.
2: Wow. All right. The public can attend that, those meetings, right?
0: Not executive sessions. That's
2: right. I got to go to one.
0: You had absolutely no business in an executive session.
2: They let me sit there and everything. I even yelled at Manny Segura at that time.
0: Unless you were a part of the executive session. Which you weren't. No, I wasn't. I cannot imagine why you would have been in there. Me that. neither.
2: And I saw you in there. You broke the
3: law. I broke the law. And L.A. Parker was in And L.A. Parker
2: was sitting right next to me.
3: No, that probably wasn't an executive session. That was not an executive.
2: It was in that little room. Yes, it was. That doesn't mean it was was an
0: executive session. We had meetings in that room as well. Yes. Why?
3: See, the council meets a lot less now than they did before.
2: (laughs) Right. (laughs) I can tell you that much.
3: (laughs) They do. So I'm assuming that this has happened, what you're talking about, where executive meetings... Have been so held. have you ever been
0: at a public meeting mm-hmm. and happened on a virtual call where people were actually there and on a virtual call as yeah. well mm-hmm. right. where they pulled an executive session I've never no because no, I haven't anything. been they at were a in a public a while. meeting mm-hmm. and 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 folks said what happened did council go into executive session and they said yes there's no reason for them oh, to do God. that okay okay unless an emergency, an emergency is presented to council that is not in fact on the document the that okay. they've already received, okay. and have the right and the opportunity and the space to call an executive session, giving public notice. Gotcha. They don't have to do it during an open public meeting.
2: Mm. Ah. All right, so okay. what I was in was just a regular session. Yes,
0: absolutely. In you another room. In
2: executive
3: session. All right, calm down. You're, making, you're talking <laughs> wanna like
2: you want to bounce, right. from the, you want to yeah, uh, pop my bubble here.
3: About. Frank thought he was in another room. He yeah, was in some, like, I it was like, secret a big meeting. Show. In the back <laughs> room. He's so used
0: to back rooms that he yeah, thought he yeah, was I'm in so one. so used to
2: back rooms. What does that mean, you <laughs> uh, maniac? All right, anyway. She are right. You know, we got somebody. He was trying to impress this person. All right. Yeah. Okay. 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 Council. You know, we uh, we need to have like a little uh, connection. There. Let's yeah. have right.
3: an executive. <laughs> yeah, let's have an, ex- have an executive,
2: executive session meeting right now. <laughs> I have an ex- emergency right now.
3: <laughs> all right.
2: All right. Here we go. All right. All right. Jazzy Edwards here. Is here. She's running for at large council for the city of Trending Jersey. Okay. You got <laughs> ten minutes on the clock to present your platform
1: to podcast here. Are you ready to go? Yes. Okay. Here we go. You have ten minutes on the clock. Hi, my name is Josie Edwards. I'm running for a city council at large. Just to tell you a little bit about myself, for those of you that do not know me, I am a lifelong resident in the city of Trent. 34 years. I am a mother of two. I have a high school daughter, Michaela, and a third grader, Jai. They attend public schools in here, right here in Trenton. I do have a high schooler. <laughs> a lot of people do not believe that when they see me <laughs> and they Find out that I have a teenager. So, yes, I do. I'm heavily invested into the public education system, advocating for the expansion and inclusion of financial literacy, mental health services and civic education, because I think that all three of them are vitally important to teach our upcoming Uh, future leaders and directors of Trenton's administration. That's how I look at our kids in the city because they are our future. We are educating them to take over these positions as police officers, as fire department um, directors and firefighters themselves. So I give them the utmost attention, you know, all of our youth in our city. So that's what I set out to do 10 years ago against gun violence, advocating for the needs of the youth and the needs of everyone in our city. 10 years ago, we marched on Trayton against gun violence because I lost a few people that was close to me. My God, brother Trey Lane that year. A couple of cousins, Irvin Jackson. We lost my cousin Jovan Bennett a couple of years after that. We've been marching relentlessly, advocating for livable wage jobs that will allow people to be able to stand on their own two feet and not have to depend on government assistance to take care of them. We live in a city of concentrated poverty, believe it or not. A lot of people don't realize that, and to me and to a lot of people, it's by design. A lot of things were placed here to disenfranchise this predominantly African-American community. We have seen it historically happening, but we have been making strides over the years, of course, with desegregation and with voting rights and things like that. So we do have a lot of work to continue to this very day here in 2022. So I advocate for civil rights. I advocate for us to all do our civic duties and get involved in the election process. So setting out to end gun violence, A lot of that was focused on why are we here today? How did we get like this? How did we start killing each other? So looking at the underlying issues of socioeconomic disparities and housing and jobs, employment, and things like that, a few of my friends and I and family members, we started a nonprofit called Operation Rebuild Train, where we do bi-weekly cleanups, we do voter registration drives, we feed the homeless, we do back-to-school extravaganzas. We just did one this year, catering to a couple hundred school students in the North Ward East Train area. So these efforts have been continuous over the years, and I think that that's what makes quality leaders is people that's connected to the community that's on a grassroots level going door to door as I have over the years and not for politics but just for basic humanity for us to get along with one another stop turning a blind eye and deaf ear on the violence and the crime that's happening in our city the blight that's happening in our city because it goes beyond public safety it economically, educational-wise, encouraging everyone to get involved in their kids' lives, in the education system, in the administration, and advocating for themselves, advocating for their community, developing civic associations, or getting involved with ones that exist, and just doing our part collectively to grow our city. I'm running because, simply put, not to state the obvious of you know, the tobacco's with city council and their failure to work collectively together as seven individuals together and their failure to work with the administration. I think that they have failed the people in representing our needs in the community as well and haven't been advocating for us properly. I have seen time and time again city council members vote down things that would have been beneficial to our community like Prince Hotel and other industries that could have come into the city to provide hundreds of jobs. So that's to our detriment. They could have occupied what I call a blockbuster building that has been vacant for most of my life and i see there are dozens of other commercial and residential properties like this all around the city that are home to all kinds of unwanted attention you know we have people that live in there Not too long after Prince Hotel was voted down, the building caught fire because there's people living in the building that create makeshift stoves and things to cook with and keep warm with. I've gone in there and I've handed out blankets and things like that and information to get them off of the streets. You know, I've gone down to the rescue mission area and I work with the homeless because I, too, was once homeless. Thankfully, I never had to live on the streets because there was a shelter for me and my daughter when she was an infant. me to go to. But not everyone has that access to those resources. In turn, from my own experiences and that of a grassroots community activist and organizer, and then also leading upwards to my employment in the federal government. When I started in 2012, Assemblywoman Bonnie Watson Coleman was there at that march on City Hall steps. And she took a liking to me. She said she saw something in her you know, uh, something of herself in me. And she watched me over the next couple of years from that day forward and took me into the assembly with her. She hired me as a constituent services representative and then brought me along in Congress because she saw my passion to want to help people, want to bring resources that we lack into our community. So right now, fast forwarding eight years later, I'm her senior constituent services representative. I'm her Trenton liaison. I love my job. It's heartbreaking to hear all the calls that come in every day, meeting all the people in there every day issues that they have with the IRS, with Social Security, with housing and mortgage and Section 8 and HUD, billing issues with Medicare and Medicaid, all kinds of disparities. It really opens your eyes up to what's going on right here in our city compared to other neighborhoods. I work for Congress, so it's not just Trenton that we represent, but I see the difference in disparities and equity between Trenton and suburban areas. I pay a lot of attention to economics uh, what's going on? How can we fix it? So I advocate for economic revitalization of downtown Trenton, of our waterfront allocation of our funds. It's not the fact that we don't have money. We do. It's just not allocated properly. And that's a huge issue. And we still don't have a budget passed in the city. We just, by court order, got a budget passed for the Board of Estimates for the school district. These things have been hindering our community. So these are some things that I've learned through Congress, learned through my own activism in the community that I think that has qualified me to run for city council. I know that I will represent our residents properly. I know that I would make educated decisions that would benefit our city using my relationships that i developed over the years with the county, the state, federal governments and other city level employees as well i do have a relationship with a lot of the candidates that are running as well so i know that i can get along with my future colleagues up on that dais and work with the administration to properly represent the residents of the city and move us forward okay good
2: what do you think of that very nice wow that was clearly concise. yes you were homeless huh Oh, I was, wow. I was.
3: Wow. It's good to hear your story because there's a beginning, but there's a upside, right? It's not an ending because it's still going. It's a continuing story. <laughs> I think one of the
2: most <laughs> impressive pieces of what I just heard was that the fact that she has a daughter in high school. It's like she's <laughs> in high
3: school. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, so Annette Latigue, what do you think of this one?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I have to tell you, I'm not impressed too often. And I have been lately over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Cool. But I am certainly impressed with this candidate. Okay. And for several reasons. I'm just gonna say why. Before I ask any questions, for several reasons. Mm-hmm. The first of which is her connections. Mm-hmm. Having been born and raised here in the city of Trenton, and having experienced what a huge piece of the population experiences. And being on the other side of the fence and coming through that fence. Mm -hmm. The connections matter. And I've been impressed at this table a few times, Mm -hmm. but I'm impressed with this. And I'm impressed for a lot of reasons. And I just mentioned three, which I think are critical to the success of anybody interested in being on council. So that was great. But now what I want you to tell me is just a little bit about the structural deficit and how it impacts Trenton, the pilot program where the state pays us minimal funds for prime property and what you think that impact does to the city of Trenton, how that impacts the city of Trenton,
1: if you will. The fact that the state occupies some of the most prime real estate areas that we have in the city they don't pay rateables, so we only get a stipend, cool. and it's not what we're owed if we were to get tax rateables for the land that they occupy. Know that under Chris Christie, a lot of that was significantly cut, and that hurts our economy drastically. We lost over 150 police officers. We also lost employees in other departments throughout mm-hmm. the administration as well. That hurt us in the Mm -hmm. long run and you can see it the issues with our trade waterworks department Um, but i want to talk about the structural deficit and how we could be getting tax rateables through private entities that could occupy those properties that the state is on like on our waterfront Mm -hmm. so we have a couple of state departments that are over i think the the department of education yeah, and there's exactly. an environmental something over there i was just walking over there just driving through and i'm just like this could be a mall this could be a charter house this could be like Penn's landing i love Penn's landing if you haven't been down there lately you should go mm-hmm. the hammocks that they have set up mm-hmm. there's like floating docks that you could walk down on in the water and sit on nets mm-hmm. and there's swamps that you can you know uh kick around in the water and, and there's a lot of entertainment. I mm-hmm. think that, and I know that we can have that here in Trenton.
3: So you're talking about the area by the ballpark. Right. But yes. not just
1: that area, but the but area between the bridges as well. Yes, yes. Trenton makes bridge okay. and the Calhoun Street Bridge. Yes, absolutely. If we could turn our, our mm-hmm. you know, our highway 29 into a boulevard. Yes. Just simply by adding a couple of traffic lights, slowing down traffic and building out onto the water, just like Penn's Landing, mm-hmm. and just like Baltimore Harbor over docks. Mm-hmm. Like they're building, And things are on docks Mm -hmm. Like Dave and Buster's doesn't sit on the land It sits on docks and so does the parking garage So Mm -hmm. why can't we do that here Why can't we attract that kind of business Here to build up Like I don't have a stranger danger mentality I welcome businesses That can bring Employment that can bring other people From outside and have them spend their money here Instead of Trentonians always going to New York Or Philadelphia Mm -hmm. for Entertainment when people could come here mm-hmm. we could capitalize on our monument that bridge like i have like a very progressive i guess way of thinking about things when it comes to economics and the structure of our city. Like if you put the Trent Makes Bridge on the opposite side of the bridge, don't remove it from the other side, but just have them on both sides. Mm -hmm. That's our monument. That will attract so much business that will want to build up on that waterfront Mm -hmm. and we can have more jobs. Mm -hmm. That's just, for example, what we can do here. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of opportunity and we have the space for it. We just need some leadership that's not scared of a little bit of risk. Right, mm-hmm. right. The first mm-hmm. person
2: I've heard talk about the waterfront at least.
3: I know.
1: It's well, like a it's really?
0: a. there's a yeah. whole plan that's been in place yeah. regarding the waterfront. Right. The very fact that Jossie is aware of it speaks to what impresses me. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because there's been a plan mm-hmm. and there's been discussion and there's been back and forth with the state about what could happen and what couldn't happen because of the flooding and because of uh, yeah. you know, everything mm-hmm. associated with the Delaware. However, mm-hmm. You know, the engineers have come in and made some things abundantly clear. And so she speaks to an -hmm. opportunity that Mm -hmm. has been discussed many times and there's been a lot of pushback on it. But with a new council and the opportunity to to re-engage that conversation is phenomenal Mm -hmm. because... Another thing that you said, and, and, and I have to make this point, she spoke to economic development and big box business and mm-hmm. hundreds of employees, and that's what's going to turn Trenton around. Mm-hmm. I doubt very seriously if the state is going to give up too much land. But if you think like that, and you're there, as well as a few others, if you think like that, man, the possibilities are endless. And partnerships matter, and you spoke to that. And I think we've even had some conversation relative to how important partnerships are.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, good answer. Why should I vote for you?
1: Just my obvious attributes. I'm young. I'm energetic. I love people. I wear my heart on my sleeve for my city, and that's no secret. I've marched time and time again for our rights. And not just for our rights for the government to hold them accountable, but to hold our own selves accountable, too. First mm-hmm. and foremost, I know I have leadership qualities to hold both government and people accountable and to help us bridge the gap of communication and collaboration to work together to move our city forward. I have a lot of ideas and they may not be the best, but there's something. I feel like anyone running for office right now should be solution based. We should not go in here playing guessing games and trying to figure out what we can do. We need you to have done your research. We need you to know what's going on and figure out what the opportunities are that's available to us and figure out how we can create them if they don't exist. Mm -hmm. I've done my research. I know about a lot of programs, and I don't know everything, but I'm teachable. But you know what you know. I know what I know. And and the most important part is I'm teachable. I'm forever learning. I'm forever researching. Okay. My daughters and my sister, they could tell you, like, it's <laughs> endless. <laughs> Work is endless. I'm up all night researching. I love what I do. I love the people, and I genuinely want to see our city do better. And every single day, I do my part in figuring out how we can do that, whether it's registering people to vote um, getting people to take account- accountability of how their properties look in front of them, you know, um, advocating for a higher education, getting into trades, getting into employment, um, whether it be educating people on the fact that cannabis is legal now and they may have had their records expunged and they don't even know it from a previous Possessions of marijuana charges, you know, so there's thousands of people in Trenton right now who are now employable who weren't before because they had a record of marijuana charges. So Mm -hmm. advocating for things like that and educating the public is something that I've always been good at, something I'm passionate about and that I think is very beneficial for a city council member to have because I hear a lot of people saying that. City council is just the checks and balances of the administration, and we do resolutions and ordinances. And we had the power to, you know, say whether the mayor can hire certain directors and things like that. But I also hear people say that community engagement is not a part of the job. That getting out in the community and going door to door and attending events and, you know, just providing services to the constituents is not a part of the job because Mm. it doesn't say that online on the city's website. Mm -hmm. But I think that's the major piece that's missing. Yeah, I've heard
2: sitting council members say that.
1: Yeah, that is not their job to do cleanups, right, exactly. you know, mm-hmm. so if you can't get out there and get your hands dirty and, and set the example of what residents should be doing day in and day out to keep their houses clean, to tend to their kids and be involved in their their education or to vote and do their due diligence and finding out who's running for office and how to advocate for themselves so that these representatives are representing their needs and their wants mm-hmm. and focus on a quality of life, public safety, economic development all of these are there are part of city council in my opinion Mm -hmm. where I feel like that's exactly what's missing and that's what's wrong Mm -hmm. that's where the disconnect comes in that because they get this sense of that's not my job but I think that it should be I think that it should expand more than just understanding the Faulkner Act and the Roberts rules of law. Mm-hmm. I think it's more than just showing up to a city council meeting four times a month. Like you need to engage in the community. As their representatives, you su- you're you supposed to talk to them and, f- and figure it out. How are you going to represent people you don't communicate with?
3: Right.
2: Every candidate that's been on this show has talked about how the state occupies this amazing piece of land and they pay zero for it.
3: Or the well, they pay she, a state some something called a uh, pilot. Not Whatever. enough payment Whatever. in lieu it, of taxes. The point is, the right. point in is, room.
2: it's not what they should be paying. Right. Not or at what all. It, or what it's worth. Okay. Right. Not at all. She mentions it now again too, and then I'm thinking to myself, okay. In addition to advocacy and liaison and all that, what can a council person do to rectify that? Can they do what? What can they really do?
0: I think this candidate started to talk about it. Mm-hmm. She talked about building out the waterfront. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to be in an immediate battle with the state to consider that type of planning. Right. Mm-hmm. To consider bringing economic development to the waterfront does not necessarily mean that the battle has to happen to remove the state immediately. Right. Mm-hmm. There is, and, and I mentioned this. There is. Uh, there's been numerous discussions and a lot of plans relative talked about and put on paper. You know in in a strategic plan manner mm-hmm. regarding economic development at that waterfront, that alone mm-hmm. is tremendous in terms of how we deal with the state yeah it, it is through the council's partnerships with the state
1: mm-hmm.
0: partner with the mayor right to advocate with the legislators sitting there
1: mm-hmm.
0: for more. Money. Mm-hmm. But what would More the state's best interest be? What in would lieu of taxes. But
2: why would they want to go for that, the state? They already have a sweet deal.
0: Of course, I was able to do it mm-hmm. and didn't kill anybody off. Right. And so <laughs> <laughs> the what? opportunity exists <laughs> for the funding to be increased. Right. And I want every municipality to hear this mm-hmm. the state is not doing us any favors. Right. By providing a payment in lieu of taxes. Right. It's a detriment. They are sitting on prime property. Right. Whatever they give us, they owe us. So I want you guys
3: to erase that thought Mm. from your mind. I would even say yippee Kaye Hamilton, because it would be great if they all left. We could turn those parking lots into something useful. We can turn those buildings into something useful. I'm with you on that. They're not doing us any favors by being here. So you know what? You take them into your community.
0: That's Mm -hmm. right. And if you look around this, the state buildings are typically in the capital city. Right. They are. And not to the city's advantage. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I don't want to kick them all out, but I want most of them gone. Yeah. And when these municipalities start screaming about what's happening or not happening, I want them to understand that. We are housing the services that they need yes. mm. for less rent right. than we deserve. Right. Exactly. Period. I yeah. I
1: think so they, they should want to work with us and you know and build that relationship Lobby. with us. Mm-hmm. Lobby. We are the capital city of the state. And at once we were the capital of the United the States. States. Yes, right. right. And She's I think that, person. you know, mm-hmm. they should have some respect and give us that respect and help us build our city up. Mm-hmm. And they shouldn't be reluctant on moving off of the waterfront. Yes, it's beautiful you have a beautiful view i'm sorry that we want to take it from you don't take it personal but (laughs) there are so many other spaces in the city that you can occupy right i.e the taxation building at the corner of willow in west state street across from irs that is vacant right now Mm -hmm. that used to be a hotel before it was taxation building if we can build upwards Mm -hmm. if we can build car a parking lot underneath underground and build upwards we can fit all of those state buildings that's yeah. on the waterfront the into, one into one can building. can pay a non-residency. Right. They tax don't need as well. to have multiple buildings if we can think skyscrapers. If we can think along the lines of how New York is and how Philadelphia is, mm-hmm. with taller buildings, they would occupy less land. Right. So if we can think about that, like the parking garage that sits across from Mill Hill Park has been there vacant most of my life. Yeah. You know. Right. So. We're not getting anything from that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And if we just think about, you know, some of the places that are downtown that we haven't been collecting revenue from, it's a city-owned property, mm-hmm. it's structurally unsound. So why not knock it down and build a new and build upwards right. with parking included in it? Exactly. Right. So I think that we just need to think a little more, more innovatively.
0: And then in thinking like that, in order for a council member To accomplish some of the things that Jossie is talking about, that's a two and three term process Mm -hmm. because it takes time. But the fact that the idea is there excites me. Mm -hmm. Whenever Mm -hmm. anybody engages civically to this degree, I'm excited because there's a true understanding of where we are and where we need to be. And so that being said, Jossie, I really appreciate the conversation. And I think you you hit some real home runs, as as did a few others who have come on before. I think you have a real grasp of where we are and where we have the potential to go. Mm -hmm. And I want these municipalities to hear me again clear. If the state starts paying rent that they owe, you wouldn't have as much to say. Communication is not about talking. It's about listening and talking. Mm -hmm. So let's get with it. Mm. Thank you.
2: Chris?
3: There's something that you said about being connected to the community, and it's a grassroots effort, and there's issues. Poverty, and for me, poverty is a mindset. And you talked about root issues, like gun violence. Gun violence just doesn't come because somebody bought a gun, and there's a deeper issue. And I know as a council person, it's not – really your purview to address that but I think personally if you could just maybe talk how personally you feel how a person could help with that or change the mindset
1: this is something that I I study Mm -hmm. you know poverty crime gun violence is all connected yeah Mm -hmm. so poverty is a mindset Um, our culture it's a it's a mindset it's mm-hmm. something that we have adopted over time but i think that a lot of it stimulates from the lack of resources the lack of education the lack mm-hmm. of jobs and not even just the lack of jobs but the lack of jobs that will pay you a livable wage mm-hmm. minimum wage is not enough to take care of your kids mm-hmm. not enough to even take care of yourself mm-hmm. and I've done it with two kids mm-hmm. <laughs> making two kids. twenty twenty six thousand mm-hmm. dollars a year with two kids but back to your point as a private citizen as a, a city activist advocating for for things like jobs and better housing and teaching people how to access these resources too, because they're not going to just come and fall in your lap. Mm -hmm. And that's the misconception that a lot of people have in the city is we're waiting for someone to come give it to us Mm -hmm. instead of taking the initiative. So holding ourselves accountable, Mm -hmm. but as a city council member, holding our government accountable as well, Mm -hmm. because they've been the culprits in this too. And they have to take accountability for the concentrated poverty right here in the city. Once we started dumping a lot of the affordable housing and Section 8, mm-hmm. Section 3 people, homeless people, people that are suffering from substance abuses and things into and so our city, we caused a decline here. Right, right. When we didn't hold townships accountable for taking their portion of the burden mm-hmm. of poverty, mm-hmm. then we created a concentrated poverty in poverty city here we're 40% impoverished mm-hmm. 75% low income mm-hmm. and if we were to spread that out and everyone was to take a piece of the pie instead of dumping them into the island of misfit toys that mm-hmm. we call trend mm-hmm. then we wouldn't see things the way that they are
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know a, Focusing on programs like a Homeless Task Force in Princeton, Reverend Lukata Majumbe is doing his part there and connecting me with them as well so I can give them advice as someone that was formerly homeless, Mm -hmm. that actively works with current homeless people in the city, helping them gain the access that they need to the resources that they need. Again, housing, income, education, child care for their kids. When I was in that shelter, I saw me. I was 19 years old when my daughter was 2 months i was going on 20 and when i went into that shelter all i saw was other teenagers with infant kids wow that were abandoned that were or parents they didn't have parents There was one girl's mother was in hospice, so she had nowhere to go with her infant. Mm -hmm. There's so many different reasons. It's not just Mm -hmm. kids acting out. They are losing family and they don't have anywhere to go, or they don't have access to things like birth control or maternity care, things like that. So there's so many different disparities. And I think that as city council members, once we have the knowledge of these resources, it's our duty to get out here and spread this knowledge. Okay, We need to do the outreach and make sure everyone knows what's available to them and how they can access to that. Because some people need help filling out a job application. Mm-hmm. Is that simple. Right. People get intimidated by the, the smallest processes of these processes. So mm-hmm. extending the community outreach, extending mm-hmm. constituent services. Mm-hmm. That's a key word for me. That's something that I want to bring to City Council. Is Which you do already for yes. a living. Okay, for a living for Congress, mm-hmm. constituent services representation. Okay, that I, is what I want to implement in part of Council. Interns from the high school and the local colleges to help me reach out to more people in the city to get them the information that they need. Collect and and you know and in turn lobbying constituents not just lobbying legislators but lobbying your constituents what's going on in your neighborhood what do you need help with Mm -hmm. what is lacking in your life that you feel could help you be more prosperous Mm -hmm. you know what can i help you with to bring you out of your situation Mm -hmm. simply put Mm -hmm. asking those questions and and working to connect them with the proper resources okay for all the municipalities in mercer county come get
0: your kids Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You've dumped. Mm-hmm. You're homeless. You're addicted because the services are here. You're low-income housing. I'm a huge right. advocate as a former executive for social services. Mm-hmm. I am. And I know we need them here. However, mm-hmm. if you poll most of the people who are homeless here, they're not They're not Trentonians. From mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're not from here. Right. Mm-hmm. They yeah, send right. them on buses, trains, right. planes, everything to Trenton because there's so many services here. Hey, you want to share Trenton Waterworks out there? Let's share the wealth of the people that you are dumping in the city. They belong to Mm -hmm. you. Come get
3: them. There you go. Perfect. Thank you, Jossie. Thank you very much.
2: In closing, I'm going to say this, and I don't care if somebody wants to take this and run with it. Run with it. I'll even give you the credit. I don't even, because I stole it from somebody, too. Non residency tax. I had to pay it when I lived in New York and worked in Paramus. Bergen County can do it. Why can't we do it? We got enough freaking state workers. They can pay their non residency tax or move here. Period. You don't like it? Quit your job.
1: It's mm-hmm. another stream of revenue. It's, it's low low exactly. only fair. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. Um, before I worked for Congress, I worked for the uh, Department of Treasury um, processing state tax returns. And I see all the little disclaimers that says, oh, I'm applying for exemption from the New Jersey state tax because I'm a, a resident of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, even though I'm a state employee. Mm-hmm. You know, and they take their money and they go back to Pennsylvania and then they pay nothing. Right. And we don't benefit from that exactly so i would get behind that hey you All know right. what a great idea you go for that run with that baby with
2: that.
0: <laughs> well we had another person share about that
3: yeah. yes
1: no. yes yeah, so you
0: have some support
3: yeah. uh-huh. if, if elected you mm-hmm. have support for that there are yeah. other people who they yes. are elected will join hands with you on that one so okay.
1: i will drop that here. every yeah. show in the future yeah
2: okay they said what, what number are you on the ballot
1: i am number two on the ballot right, two for you.
2: That was yet another candidate episode of Trenton Waves. And in the great words of Mr. Mike Tyson, everyone has a plan
3: until until they get get punched in the face.
2: Sasso's out. You've been listening to the Trenton Waves podcast. Visit us online at TrentonWaves.com.